the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. tips where we invite you into our marriage to debate the not so important topics discuss each other and more i'm tim i'm karen and we're a couple of married geeks who often get very passionate when we discuss super important topics like our favorite tv shows personality traits and whether christina aguilera is actually the giraffe on mask singer she's not I don't know. It sounded like her. It did not sound like her. Okay. okay. At all. Excuse me. Who listened to Christina Aguilera growing up? More? Both of us. Me or you? <laughs> how, how, how do you know how much I listened to her That's growing fair. up? That was very assumptive of me. I apologize. Uh-huh. I definitely listened to her. Okay. Well, it's not her. I disagree. But that's <laughs> why we're here. It, that that's referring to the mass singer if you all are not aware and if you did not catch our last episode in which we kind of divul- diverged a bit off the road we were on yeah. <laughs> to talk about mass singer with our guest Deshaun and Ashley. Thank you guys for being on that episode. It was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. And we have I, I guess now started like a group chat with them where we talk about like who mass we th- singer. Yeah, we like we have like a live chat going on and like the episodes that we watch together about mass we don't watch them together but like we talk together as, as we're watching we discuss it yeah how are you doing this week oh you know living the dream we're in our second trimester or you are is it we or you you're pregnant we're expecting <laughs> are we in the second trimester or are you in the second trimester i don't know i don't know <laughs> I, I've started experiencing these mm-hmm. lovely things called uh, round lig- ligament pain. Yeah, it's it's been very <sighs> pleasant for you. So, you know, it's always a treat. It's yeah. always a grab bag of goodies for the symptoms I'll feel on a given day. Yeah, every day seems to be different. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Not uh, in pain? No, not, not in nauseous? pain. I mean, I, I have a, a ingrown nail, Shut but uh, <laughs> uh, no, not nauseous. Um, although, you know, that football game yesterday made me a little sick. Uh, what football game? The, the Browns game. Oh, well, you won. Yeah, yeah. But we nearly falconed it up. All right. Well, what are we? I don't sports. This is not this podcast. I know, that's your that, other podcast. That's my other show. That's, that's hometown not, crowd. That's not this one. So this uh, week, what are we talking about? Uh, you came up with the idea of talking about things that are generally considered pretty bad. Yeah, like in American culture, it's almost a joke how often these things are referenced as being the quote, joke, quote unquote, bad things. These are all, we we came up with a list of like. All cultural topics, like nothing too serious, like movies, TV shows, actors, music. Most of of them are basically like pop culture punching bags. Yeah, for whatever reason. And we came up with things that are generally agreed in what we've experienced in culture to have that opinion. But I don't know if we necessarily have that same opinion. And I can tell you, definitely some of these I disagree on. Okay, well, we will get into it. What is the first one? Uh, The first. First one we have on here is the prequel trilogy to Star Wars. Okay, let me say something about the prequel trilogy for Star Wars. It is not bad. 
It's not it's, bad. It's not. It's poorly acted. I <laughs> there. Okay, so here's the thing. And really, it's just like one or two people that are poorly acted. Hayden Christensen. <laughs> and and there's some like blatant underlying racism. But <laughs> but any, but you know, my, here's my thing about the Star Wars prequel trilogy. There there are problems and inconsistencies and you know things that don't quite line up in any extended mm-hmm. series of movies mm-hmm. or books. But for whatever reason, it just seems like Star Wars is the one that people really like to crap on about it. Yes. Like and I think that it's almost like a bandwagony thing. Like if you are a real Star Wars fan to a lot of the fanboys of Star Wars, then you cannot like the prequel trilogy. And you, I don't know why that is. Like it really actually makes me mad. In, in all like, honesty, I can't take someone's opinion seriously if they say they don't like the. Tri- I'm like, why? In all honesty, I think it's more of a generational thing. Yes, there are people of you know the millennial generation who are going to sit here and say, yeah, the prequels are trash compared to the original trilogy. Yeah. But most of the people who are like prequels are trash are Gen X. Yeah. So they grew up on the original Star Wars. Sure. And they're sitting here going, well, the prequels were made for kids or whatever. But here's a hint. Star Wars was made for kids. Right. And like me sitting here, I am now 30. My birthday was yesterday as of the day we're recording this. So I'm I'm happy birthday in my 30s now. And with the (laughs) wiseness that comes from being in wisdom. The word you were looking for is wisdom. Listen, I'm still 29 in some parts of the world, okay? <laughs> but regard, like, you know, there are movies that I loved as a kid. Mm-hmm. I loved them as a kid, and they're being remade, and sometimes they're better. Like, sometimes they're not as no, good, no. but sometimes the remakes are better. But what, what I, to finish my thought from earlier, I think we're going to see that there are a lot of millennials who are going to be, you know, more of my opinion, where the prequels are not all that bad. But the sequels mm-hmm. are. Right. And then the generation behind us, who's, the sequels are basically their first Star Wars, are going to be like, these aren't that bad. Yeah. But the next one. Yeah, because Star Wars will never end. Yeah, like, definitely like, not. Uh, and I'm thankful for that <laughs> because I will. I will. They, they can take all my money. <laughs> they have taken all my money. Like, uh, do I like Star Wars to the extent that you do? No. no. Do I think The Phantom Menace was a good movie? No. But do I think that the prequel trilogy in general is bad to the level that people diss it? No, I don't. Definitely the pre- not. The prequel trilogy is really two movies. But. I mean, The Phantom Menace had some interesting things in it, like that are I I think they're relevant to you yeah. know that's the introduction of like C three PO yes for example, and we learn a little bit about his backstory yes. and I think and like um, Obi Wan's master you know who you really never hear about ever again despite the. Like unless kids. you watch the cartoons. Okay, well I don't because I'm not a fanboy like you. But and he's appeared in a book or two. Okay, um, in the movie trilogy, which is what we're talking about. Yes. You n- you, you never, never hear from him again until the rise of Skywalker. Right, and so I think there are some interesting things from Phantom Menace specifically. I do think that there are some really relevant details mm-hmm. in you know in Attack of the Clones and yep. in whatever the third one was. Revenge of the Sith, the the best movie in the Star Wars (laughs) franchise, arguably. 
Arguably. Um, I, I, I say arguably because I kind of go back and forth with about three and none of them are Empire Strikes Back. Sorry, Gen X. It is not that good. I think if you want the full without without going into additional media for Star Wars, if you're just got, like concentrating on the movies, if you want a full story of Star Wars, you do need to consider the prequels to be mm-hmm. part of canon. Yep. And they're not bad. And like, the, the prequels suffer from the fact that they are prequels meant that the end was already written. Yeah. So there, there was no real shock there mm-hmm. um, because, you know, four, five and six had already been a thing. We we already knew exactly how those stories were going to end. Mm-hmm. So you didn't get the twist. You didn't have the who's going to survive because the answer is pretty much nobody. Right. Because they're all dead by the time we get to the Star Wars that we were introduced to. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I feel like. I could you could talk about Star Wars for this entire episode if we yeah. wanted to. We'll move on. Yeah, but what's I guess. our general consensus? Do we agree or disagree? Uh, the prequels are actually pretty darn good. The prequels have like I love Attack of the Clones actually, and I it, episode three is okay. It's oh, see, three Menace is the best is, like, for me. But, not that good in uh, my opinion. I do agree with that. But episode two, I actually do really like. My general feeling is the prequels are pretty good with some incredible moments okay. and some incredibly bad moments. But there are some absolutely amazing. So moments. take that American zeitgeist. Right. <laughs> OK, the next one we came up with is Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage. Everyone hates Nicolas Cage, and I don't know why. <laughs> I don't either. I don't um, get it. Like He is the world's greatest overactor. He is an overactor, but so is a lot of people who are not, like, given that level of crap. Yes. Um, I'm not going to say Nicolas Cage is the greatest actor ever. No, but does he deserve, um, like, what he gets from people? Like, just imagine being freaking Nicolas Cage, okay? And, like, all you're trying to do is, like, make movies you like, and everyone just sits there and complains about you. And I, I kind of think of Nicolas Cage as a more serious version of Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. just not... As good with his facial expressions. But everyone, like, forgives Jim Carrey. Like, he's gone a little bit off the rails, Well, Jim well that's because Jim Carrey always leaned into it. Yeah, but... Nicolas Cage took himself a lot more seriously. <laughs> the two, and I will admit, like, the two, only two movies that I can immediately think of Nicolas Cage as being in, I know he's been in a ton of others, but are, like, the National Treasure movies mm-hmm. and Ghost Rider. <laughs> Okay, my first thought is Con Air. Okay, yeah. Uh, Con Air was actually a great movie. Is he he Once Upon a Time in Vegas? Is that him? I believe so. I never actually saw that movie. Neither did I. Okay. But I know that Uh, that is... I know he's gone in 60 seconds. First of all, Uh, if you don't think National Treasure... Is is a a National Treasure? If you don't think that's a great movie, (laughs) goodbye. And we're we're just talking the first one. I don't, I don't, I don't, don't think even I remember saw the, the second, second one. one. I own it. I don't remember it. I feel like I want to watch it okay. again. But National Treasure is a good movie. Yeah. It's a freaking good movie. And part of that is due to Nicolas Cage's performance. Yeah. And I really liked Ghost Rider. <laughs> I know people made fun of that movie also. I but forget I liked that, that Ghost movie. Rider existed. See, that's the thing. And like, 
I don't, I just, part of it too is like how passionate he was about it. Like yeah. he made that movie happen. And like you can tell how much he loves that movie when he's in it. And it's just like, is it the greatest superhero movie? No. Again, it's not, but no. it's like the problem, a good movie. Ghost Rider kind of suffers from the same problem that Daredevil did. I also like Daredevil. <laughs> in that they weren't great. They weren't great. But it, they weren't bad. Yeah. And they had that. Uh, unfortunate timing of between the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Which also people hate. And the MCU. And both, you know, especially like the first two of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies were really good. And And the the MCU is amazing. Yeah. And a fall in between there kind of gives it a bad rap. Right. Uh, Even if they're, you know... At worst, they're aggressively mediocre movies. Yeah. They're not. They're enjoyable movies. You know, I mean, it's not Electra. It's not, you know, uh, <laughs> Punisher Warzone or anything like it's that. It's not Ghost Rider 2. Right. But it kind of falls into that black hole where we got some really good comic book movies from Marvel and we got some amazing comic book movies from Marvel and in between is just the Valley of Death. Is Ghost Rider Marvel or is yes. that DC? It's a Marvel movie. Okay. Yeah, Marvel doesn't even acknowledge or claim. It was never part of the MCU. I don't think you can even find Ghost Rider anywhere. Like, I don't know. I, I kind of want to watch that movie uh, also I now. might own that one too. I don't know. <laughs> it's not a bad movie. Oh. But anyway, the argument is about... It's not bad. About, it's aggressively mediocre. The argument is about Nicholas Cage yes. as an anyway. actor. <laughs> we keep getting off on these tangents. Uh, but that's okay. We're, we're such geeks, you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we, we can't just renamed the show Marital Tangents. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't. I I can think of worse actors than Nicolas Cage. But for whatever reason, I just feel like is he a good actor? Arguable, but is he yeah. a terrible actor? No, I don't think no. so. He's just the world's greatest overactor. <laughs> uh, he but just goes a little too far with some of it. He, yeah, uh, when he shouldn't. Yeah, uh, that that's that's Nicolas Cage's bad, the biggest problem, mm. uh, in my opinion. So uh, what's our what's our take? What's our um, hot take? <laughs> I would say, is he a good actor? No. Yeah. Does he deserve the crap he gets? I don't think so. He is not as bad as his mullet in Con Air. <laughs> that, that's my take right okay. there. What's our next one? Uh, our next one here is, I think, uh, Nickelback. Nickelback. Yo, Tim has some opinions about Nickelback. Let me just clear the, clear the floor for you here. Nickelback... <laughs> Is look at this phone. <laughs> I, I I will say it. Nickelback is the Nicolas Cage of two thousands alt rock. Are there better bands? Yes. Yeah. Are there worse bands? Sure. Yes. But you know what? Nickelback is enjoyable. <laughs> what did they ever do wrong? What did they do that was so wrong? I'm going to tell you what their biggest offense was. What is it? They're Canadian. No, their biggest offense is. Avril Lavigne, I think. Also Canadian. But I think Nickelback got the hate before Avril Lavigne, um, before that whole thing. Um, Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, because I remember when I found out that they were dating, I 
had the hot take of the worst thing to come out of Canada is now married to the second worst thing to come out of Canada. Uh, but that's just because I was trying to be edgy. I know, because it's like cool to hate Nickelback, uh, right? Like Nickelback, I don't skip Nickelback songs when they come on the radio. Honey, you have Nickelback on your playlist. Yes. And so do I. Yes. I mean, on like my top you know, 2000s playlist. I have some Nickelback on there. And like, who can deny that you don't jam out to like some Nickelback when it comes on? Like you might like, maybe you're in the car and if someone has the ox, like they'll skip it and everyone's like, oh man. But you know, when you're by yourself in the car, do you not sing along? Oh, I love, I love to crank some photograph. Uh, (laughs) Hero. Hero's a good one. Um, Hero's a good one. I I can't even think of other songs, but I don't skip Nickelback. Like, do they deserve... Rockstar? Rockstar, okay. Like, do they deserve to be lower on the pedestal than, like, Green Day? Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. They're they're no Green Day. They're no Foo Fighters. They're no, you know any of those other bands from that era. Yeah. But they're not bad. So my takeaway from this cultural phenomenon of hating on Nickelback is uh, I agree in the sense that of my favorite songs from like I have like maybe 3,000 songs on like my favorite songs of all time. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe four or five of those spots is dedicated to Nickelback. So in that sense... I agree, but I'm not going to like be like, oh, it's cool to hate Nickelback. Yeah. You know, my my percentage of playlists is probably a little higher just because my playlist is smaller, but it probably has those exact same four or five songs. So speaking of songs, our next one is Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up. (laughs) You might recognize it from the Rick Roll. Of that was popular of like middle school fame if you are our age. Yeah. But wait, that was middle school for you? Yeah. The Rick Roll was much later than that. Was it? Oh yeah. It might have been. I high was school? a full adult. Ew, you're not that much older than me. Yeah. It was probably high school then. Uh, and Rick Rolling is still a thing. Oh yeah, it's still um, definitely a I've, thing. I've definitely seen some fake news articles that <laughs> take you to Never gonna give you up. Uh, I still see memes floating around that are talking about it. So in that sense, I can understand being really annoyed by the song because like you just get, you know, if it happens to you a lot where you're like trying to genuinely be interested in something and then you hear that song come on, like maybe you resent it after a little while, but I don't think it's a bad song. Um, I'm not going to weigh in on this because I don't know that I've ever listened to the song from start to finish. Wait, really? Yeah. You've just been Rickrolled and like yeah. that's your <laughs> that's your exposure? Yeah. And Rick Astley, poor guy. He deserves at least some royalties or something for all of these like Rickrolls. Yeah. Put it in a big chest. And when you open the chest, it's like a music box that plays Never Gonna Give You Up. <laughs> to be fair, I don't know that there is much more to the song than what you hear in like a Rick I think roll, it's actually meant to be like a, a really sweet love song. There's more yeah, to I mean, it. It's a good, um, it's it's got some good lines in there. Actually, I think I have heard it because Deshaun has sing, sung it for karaoke. He does a little dance. <laughs> um, I want to see that. Yeah, it's entertaining. Him and Summer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But no one knows who these people are. Deshaun from last week and Summer, one of our friends. But yeah, uh, final verdict on never going to give you up. 
I will agree that it, the Rick roll is very annoying, but the Rick roll is separate from the song, and the song isn't awful. Okay. What do you think? Um, you can't weigh in, right? Because yeah. you've never heard it. Yeah. That's what I, th- I think. Uh, the next one, and this is going to sound like a whole bunch of bad things that I'm very much a defense a defender of uh, the DC movies, particularly the DCEU movies. Yeah. And that's all I can really comment on is like the DCEU. I've never seen any of the like cartoons or. Yeah. But you've seen like Green Lantern. Yeah. I've seen and Green that Lantern. wasn't DCEU. OK, whatever. Does that it? That's like how Ghost Rider is a Marvel movie. You know, it's like right, right. not claimed by DC. Oh, at a I point. like the DCEU. I do not. I'm going to have to agree with the societal crap that uh, DC movies gets. I I really enjoy them. Why? Um, because they're fun. They Are they fun? Yeah. Yeah. I've they, never I've never been in a DC movie theater like a like thinking like this is fun. I've been like why is it so dark? Why is it so gray or green? And why do I feel like it is so intense? And I'm being like manipulated in a way that I don't enjoy. Okay, and I counter that with Shazam. You like Shazam? What? What is? Which one is that? That's that's the one with the kid who turns into the superhero. Oh, that was a good one. Actually. You liked that one that actually one. quite a bit, I think. Not a ton, but I did um, like that. I loved Aquaman. Ugh, I did not okay. like that one. Okay. I'm not um, like I'm not and also I don't agree that like just because Jason Momoa is in it it's automatically like something I need to see. Speaking of things that people think are good that we don't think are or that wait what? <laughs> people think are bad, bad that we don't think are bad. Why does everyone think Jason Momoa is good? Because he's attractive? He's not that attractive. <laughs> <laughs> We're canceled. Uh, <laughs> everyone yeah. cancels us. Yeah. Um I think Ben Affleck is a good Batman. I do not. Uh, I, I like Henry not. Cavill as Superman. No. Um, my biggest bone to pick with the DCEU is uh, Flash. Yeah. Because they kind of followed that trope of autism means superpowers. Mm-hmm. Or autism is a superpower. Did they say he has autism? Or no, he but he was, those, he was like- very portrayed that way. But he's not in the show. Like in the TV show. No. He's... Very much like, right? You know, a fun like I don't want to say like non that the movie version is like non functioning, but they kind of do portray him as very much a loner, antisocial, yeah. desperate for friends, desperate to fit in, but can't. Right. Uh, super smart, and all of that translates to autism as a superpower. Uh, yeah, I just think that it's. And that may not be what they were going for, but that's really how it came across. I think DC movies, they're trying too hard. I think they're sloppy. I think they're badly produced. I think that the acting is not what I would have picked for those particular actors. Like the characters are really cool. Yeah. And some of them I like better than Marvel. A lot of my favorite characters. But like just the way that they are done, I think is like a disservice to the character. And I've never felt particularly like like I would never sit there and sob in a DC movie the way that I did. And in like many, many Avengers movies, I mean, for a completely different reason, you did cry during Wonder Woman. Well, yeah, that's because that was like the first 
like real female superhero. Yeah, it was like I said it was for a different the reason. The first highly produced and marketed yeah. female superhero movie that I had ever seen and I got swept up in that, but like even Wonder Woman like wasn't that good. And if they ever release Wonder Woman 1984, I will go see it. Yeah, I'll watch it, but I don't know. I don't have a ton of hope for it. So for me, my take on that is I I agree. Like I don't think DC movies with like one to two exceptions are enjoyable or good or well done or anything like that. Meanwhile, I'm going to sit here and say uh, they get undue hate. <laughs> okay. Do we have time for the last two? Um, we could go for one. Okay. So one thing, obviously, if we're talking about things that people love to hate, I think we got to talk about the Kardashians. Okay. Right? Like... Keeping up with the Kardashians, the television show, the people, the Kardashians slash Jenners in general. Yeah. I and like people's complaints about them a lot is that like they're famous for being famous. And I just feel like it is this generation's version of like Paris Hilton back in when like the simple life was a thing. Mm -hmm. And I understand like the resentment of someone feeling like oh, they're really rich and they have a lot of influence and things like that for not really that being that talented. My question is, and this is somebody who's not familiar with the Kardashians really at all. What do they do? They are entertainers and that's their job. Like, are, are, they? They, are they really that different from any other reality television show star? Are they really that different from any other? You know what I mean? Like, are they that different from like the cast of the Jersey Shore? Are they that? And different I would from ask the same question of them. The Desperate Housewives people, like literally, their job is to make reality TV that people can consume. I think you're thinking Real Housewives because Desperate Housewives is actually like oh, you're actors. Right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> the Real Housewives of any city. Yeah. But like uh, that's their job, and I mean whether you like it or not, that is their job. Like to make television that, for one reason or another, a lot of people find entertaining. And whether you agree with that, whether you find it entertaining or not, you know, somebody always has like a better job than you or a less, you know, a job that required less education or less, less of a grind. Right. Like, but it just seems like people are so resentful of the fact that literally their job is to sit there and make reality TV. How do I get that? Because I feel like I have more to bring to society. That's what people a lot of people say. But like. Obviously, it's like social Darwinism in a way, Uh. right? Like, I mean, for whatever reason, they have risen to the top. They are rich because that's what society rewards for that type of, you know, entertainer and that type of value that they give to society. Unfortunately, I guess you could say, I mean, a lot of people don't find that same success, in terms of wealth and power and things like that for doing things that could be considered to be more valuable to society. And I mean, it sucks, but that is their job. Like, yeah, they're like, what do you do? That's what they do. They provide entertainment. I'm going to go squarely in the camp of, I hate the Kardashians. I do not keep up with them. I I don't watch that show. um, But I also don't think that it is, I don't think it's valuable as a person to spend a lot of time complaining about 
the lack of value of the Kardashians, because whether you like it or not, they are a household name. They are well known. They do provide some type of value to someone out there who is wanting to find something to watch at 4 p.m. on cable television. You know what I mean? Like they provide that value. They fill that void. And I can tell you that these three minutes that we spent talking about them is probably more time than I have ever given to any of them. I just I guess what I'm trying to say is like, do I agree that they should be as famous as they are? It depends what you mean, right? I mean, like we did that to them. (laughs) Like we we gave them the means and the excuse and the reason to continue to keep going and grow. So the word deserve is something I have a huge problem with, because whether you are someone who contributes to that, I guess, base, like that audience base or not, it's still part of the culture we live in. So I, do they deserve to be that famous? Sure. Are they good? I don't think so, personally. No, <laughs> they're not good. <laughs> So our last one, because I think we're getting a little long. Last one is the television show The Big Bang Theory. Now, I, I've always loved this show. Um, <sighs> I've thought it was funny. Like, it's not always funny. It's not the greatest show ever, but I've always enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I don't like, with the exception of Friends, and I think that's only because it's like a nostalgic thing. I don't love shows in in general, that are like, you know, canned laughter. Laugh tracks. Like television sitcom shows. I don't love that. Like, don't tell me when to laugh. (laughs) (laughs) I will decide. Right. I decide if it was funny. (laughs) Right. Um, I like Big Bang Theory. What Uh, do you like about it? It was the first real sitcom that kind of felt even remotely related to me because I've always kind of been that geeky dork. Um, maybe not to the extreme caricature of how they're portrayed there, but I found, I mean, I relate a lot more to say Leonard than I do Ross or friends. Yeah. Or, uh, I mean, you know, there, there are sitcom characters all over the place that I can relate to, but I never related to the friends like that. Um, but I, but I, but I found a lot of myself in big bang theory. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say it's a really because it was such a widely popularized show. It is one of the main sources people can look to if they want some reference for like who they identify as, like if they identify as someone geeky. But what I think actually is that they that show took advantage a little bit of like geek culture Mm -hmm. because I think that there was a time when it was like the cool thing was to like pick on the nerds and like smart people and geeky people and people who had passions. And that started to turn around a lot, I think in like the two thousands. And that's after that happened was when the big bang theory came out was when people started to recognize the value of people who, you know, had high intelligence and had, you know, the value of like, concentrating really hard on a particular hobby or specialization or something like that. Really any of those things that would have classified anybody as like a geek in like the nineties. And so I think that to have come out at the time that it did and to have made the characters into such larger than life caricatures of what most people 
are who consider themselves to be nerds and geeks, I thought was taking advantage a little bit. And that and the whole laugh track thing and the really like highly, you know, edited writing. And I don't know, it just that whole thing made me a little bit resentful of it. I think that the first couple of seasons did have a lot of problems with like making fun of the geeks because they're geeks. Yeah. But especially, and you know, I don't mean to portray it as like women's only purpose on the show is to normalize. But once they kind of added female interest and it became less of, oh, let's laugh at all these loner geeks who can't get women type things. Mm -hmm. it, it started to be more of these are normal guys with geeky interests living their lives. I guess so. And I think that that's probably true of any show that, you know, at, at the beginning, if they're especially trying to focus on like a niche type of person or niche interest or something, that maybe it's a little bit more exaggerated than it is like normally. But, you know, I, I, I still think like if you're trying to showcase like and normalize like geeks and nerds, I just think that they did it in a really kind of cringy way to yeah. me. And like I said, I think I agree with you for the first few seasons. I mean, even later on, like I stopped watching the show and I gave it a long time. I think maybe season five or six. Okay. And I stopped watching. And even at that point, you know, there's a girl on there, Penny, and like she doesn't identify as like a geek. But and like I feel like her main point of being a character is to point out how not normal they are. Right. And to call out the things about them that are still to this day made fun of by people who, you know, do look down on people who are geeky. Yeah. The, the one character that I do think tends to continue to be a problem with how they're portrayed is Amy Farrah Fowler, though. Mm -hmm. She's kind of like, which is so interesting to me because that because person, she's like, actually, the person who plays her is quite like progressive in right. whether you think she's crazy or not. Like she does consider herself to be like a feminist progressive person and to have allowed her character to have stayed that way for so long is very strange to me. Yeah. A, a lot of it. One, once all the, the female characters were added, you know, Bernadette and Amy Farrah Fowler and all that, all of that. Oh, look at this person. They're weird. And that's funny. Mm -hmm. Kind of got shifted from the four guys to her. I think it just has the same pitfalls as any sitcom where it does rely really heavily on stereotypes and yeah. it does rely really heavily on very manufactured and unnatural ways of speaking to get in those laughs from the audience. Yeah. And it, it's the same pitfalls that really any sitcom that has that type of structure has. But it was it was like touted as this thing that was like, oh, look, it's like a respite from everyone making fun of you. And it's like a way to see yourself in portrayed in like popular culture, like all you geeks and nerds, like yeah. follow the shepherd of the Big Bang Theory onto this hill and we'll save you. So you're you're firmly on the it's dumb. I don't love the, I mean, we're actually like we started to watch it a couple of days ago. Like we're still in the first season and I am trying. I'm trying very hard and I'm <laughs> going to try to rewatch it and watch the whole thing. But it's still a little cringy to me. And so I understand the hate that people have for it. But I also think that it's 
unfair to say that that show specifically is so bad when really all it's doing is following the same formula as a lot of other sitcoms. Yeah. Uh, I like I, I'm not going to say it's not without its problems, but I always enjoyed that show. Yeah. So I guess I don't know. We'll I'll just keep trying to watch it. <laughs> I'll give it a, another fair review once we're a little bit further in. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Marital Tiffs. Do you agree? Do you disagree with us or with popular society, with culture, with the zeitgeist of America? I don't know, but we want to know. And if you have any classic examples that we didn't touch on, then we definitely want to have those debates with you. You can weigh in on all social media at Marital Tiffs on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us at MaritalTiffs at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe anywhere you find your podcast. If you're an Apple Podcast listener, please rate and review us. You can find us on the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. Check out the 910 Comedy on Facebook and check out our sister shows, That's Just My Face, Dead Girls Talking, and my other show, Hometown Crowd. Thanks for listening to Marital Tiffs. Yes.